Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me in my kitchen today. And we have such a delightful guest, Vicki Benison, who is the founder and creator of Pasta Grannies, is joining us. She has a wonderful new cookbook called Pasta Grannies, The Secrets of Italy's Best Home Cooks, and she's going to share with us today. Welcome to Kitchen Chat, Vicki. Thank you very much indeed for inviting me. Oh, well, I absolutely love this book. And listeners, I'm going to have a link on my website, kitchenchat.info, so you can uh, purchase it. But it is just such a beautiful culinary journey that you are on. Can you share with us what inspired the journey of Pasta Grannies? Well, I'm lucky enough to have a home in Italy and I was researching and just exploring the food of the area when I noticed um, that it was only older women who were making pasta by hand. And so I thought, oh, someone needs to make a record of this. And that's how I got started. And um, in fact, because uh, pasta is such a, a physical process, I, I decided not to write about it initially. I thought I would make a record using um, video. And so that's how the YouTube channel got started. And it's quite a popular YouTube channel. We'll also <laughs> yes. have a link to that. But one of the stories that I absolutely love, Vicky, is the one of Letizia, who is yes. the 100-plus-year-old um Pasta Granny, can you share with us that incredible meeting and experience that you had in her kitchen? So Letizia is 100 years old and she lives near Trapani in Sicily. Um, and when we went to see her, she had half the village with her. I mean, And there were lots of 80-year-olds who turned out to have been taught by her because she was a teacher. And they were, you know, like five years old when she first taught them, which I thought was a rather wonderful sort of scenario um, to come across. And she made a kind of tagliatelle with a with a dried fava bean um, puree um, with lots of wild fennel. It was absolutely delicious. And what was extraordinary about her um, was not only is she still making pasta by hand, um, she's also um, still writing poetry and she's still painting. And in fact, she was so worried I was going to actually... Um, forget uh, what uh, pasta was all about. She wrote me a little essay um, about all the important things about pasta so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> oh, and that's included in the book? Uh, her letter to me, no, um, but she is included in the book. And what were some of the key lessons that she instilled in you about and the essay think, of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it was the thought behind it rather than actually what she wrote. But I think um, one of the key lessons from Letizia and, and indeed um, all the 90-year-olds that we filmed, there's now about 10 of them, um, is 
to remain curious about life and to remain engaged, use your brain in different ways. Um, and I think never sit down, you know, always, always remain active um, in your life. There's no such thing as retirement, I don't think. Um, yeah. and, and one of the things you can do, of course, is make pasta, but it can be anything. Yes, <laughs> and making pasta is a very physical <laughs> experience. I mean, I saw the videos and here at age 100, she was lifting it, throwing it, kneading yes. it with such yes. strength. Yes, yes, I think it is, it is uh, worth doing by hand just for that upper arm workout. Oh, and you'd mentioned that you have the uh, Letizia, who's 100, um, and and continues to teach the 80-year-olds. But do you see that continuing? Because, first of all, you are really capturing the legacy, the culinary legacy of pasta making in Italy. But do you see it continuing to be handed down to each generation? Um. I think it's going to change. I don't think making pasta is is going to be the domestic um, skill that it once was. I think it's becoming professionalized. And if you want to do it, then you kind of earn a living from it. Um, they are certainly the last generation um, that had to make pasta to put food on the table. Um, and that idea of passing it down to your daughter as an essential skill, I, I'm is dying out, I think. Um, we've had several examples of women um, telling us stories around how, I think it was Rosa from Fienza, who um, had her father-in-law um, examine her on her swalia making technique to make sure she was going to be a suitable daughter-in-law, um, a suitable wife for his son. Um, so she was terrified, of course. Uh, yes. <laughs> So that doesn't happen test. anymore. <laughs> that doesn't good. happen anymore, and that's a good thing. <laughs> um, but equally, you know, her daughter doesn't make it at all, so um, she's too busy. I mean, she, you know, a full-time working woman, so um, you, you don't get the time. It becomes a weekend project, um, and so even if you're quite competent, you don't have quite the same muscle memory as these women who started making pasta when they were five years old. Wow. Uh, yeah. So you are really capturing this on camera and getting the stories, yeah. getting the recipes. And and what is fascinating, if, if you could take us on a bit of a tour of Italy, uh, because apparently the pasta can vary, the ingredients can vary depending on which village or region that you're in. Yes, I mean, uh, sort of, um, at a broad brush level, uh, northern Italy um, makes egg pasta and that uses something called soft wheat flour like ordinary plain or all-purpose flour um, and that um, lacks body so you add an egg to it to give it a bit more um, bite and that's a very elastic dose that's where you see uh, things like the raviolis and tortellis being made mm -hmm. and then in the south um, they use durum wheat flour which is only um, only needs water um, and that's more of a plastic um, but not particularly stretchy um, pasta dough. Um, and then, of course, all these different shapes are because, and different names are because I think pasta making was one of those um, group activities where women got together to make it for Sunday lunch or for a special um, occasion. And you need consensus about what it is that you're making. It all has to be roughly the same size. 
And because, of course, they all had different um, dialects, um, they all came up with the same, you know, different names happened from village to village. So that's why you get this extraordinary diversity in Italy that, yes, two main broad types of pasta, but a huge number of uh, shapes and names to the pasta. Yes. And I wonder what the genesis is of some of the names, like Tagliolini. Why, how did that become named that? <laughs> so, I'm curious. So Tagliari is the, the oh, verb Oh, forgive cut. my pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> so it is difficult. I'm always being corrected by Italian, so don't worry. Um, and, and so Tagliolini is a way of expressing that it has to be cut thinly. Um, the ini at the end is is a sort of a clue to how wide it should be. So tagliatelli is a broader one, um, and so and so it goes. <laughs> wow! And I I'm curious too because you're talking about the different types of pasta. So Doriana has, uses farro. Uh, yes. So wheat pasta. Um, not everybody grew it, um, so you'd have to buy it. And, of course, uh, that meant that uh, maybe you couldn't afford it. So you would actually mix it with other flowers um, that you may have available. So another example is not um, farrow is a type of emma wheat flour. Um, and you would all, you also find chestnut flour being used because that's available in the mountains, you know, of Tuscany and places like that. Um, and that makes a very soft flour that um, you can't do very much with except sort of cut it up and boil it. Yes. Um, mm. And that would be gluten free. No, because you need oh. the wheat. Oh, the wheat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't, you, because it's, um, chestnut flour is gluten free. Um, farro isn't, it's a lower protein um, okay. flour, but, but chestnut flour is, is gluten free. And so you have to have some wheat in there to sort of, you know, make it behave. Yes. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the same is true of um, buckwheat flour. Um, which you find up in the Alps. Um, Pizzoccheri is a wonderful pasta for winter. Um, oh. It goes. It's, it's served with cabbage and potatoes and an awful lot of butter. <laughs> wow. Well, butter is Not always great. <laughs> yes. And yes. I would love for you to share the story about Anna's Duchess's Little Snails. Lumacelli della Duchessa um, is this wonderful pasta from northern La Marche, uh, near Urbino, and traditionally it was made only by nuns um, for the wealthy women of the area, um, whose sole function was to produce an heir. And once they had given birth, this was considered um, to be the best pasta um, to serve these women, these lucky women, um, along with um, a specially devised uh, soup, which also include, included sort of chickens intestines because they thought they were very good um, for new mothers. Um, so they have a wonderful backstory. Um, of course, you don't have to serve them with chicken intestines. They work <laughs> very well. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just with a chicken broth. <laughs> that is good. And what was your most surprising ingredient that you you experienced along your journey thus far? Surprising ingredient. Mm. Gosh, that's caught me. Um, you know, I would have to think about that a bit harder. I think, uh, what, what would I say? I, 
nothing surprises me because actually I've usually researched it beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't usually go in that that blind, if you like, to to sessions. Um, I think I always enjoy the stories um, yes. with the women, um, most of all. Um, you know, we've been talking about some of them, but yes. there are more in the book. Yeah. And you actually have a pasta granny finder. <laughs> Can you tell us how do you oh, find yes, some yes. pasta grannies? <laughs> so um, I have a granny finder and she is called Livia de Giovanni and she comes from Faenza, which is northern Italy. And she is my right hand woman because um, although I speak Italian, um, you need an Italian to kind of uh, persuade these women into saying yes. Um, and you're normally working through friends of friends, their children, uh, you know, the mayor sometimes. Um, and so you need the powers of persuasion in Italian um, because these our grannies never volunteer themselves. It's always someone else who says, oh, you know, you should get Anna to come make whatever it is, you know, it's so... Oh, but they're so willing, she's essential. Yeah. And they're willing to share the recipes. Yes, they are. Um, and I think, you know, when you're approached and everyone says, oh, you're an expert. And, and it's a kind of very nice thing to do is you suddenly find that you're actually being appreciated instead of taking for granted. And I, I think sometimes they have um, husbands who think, my goodness, what do you mean? You know, my wife has been making this for 40 odd years and suddenly I've got a film crew um, in my kitchen and, you know, I've got to sit in on this. And they're becoming so, YouTube stars and they're 80s exactly. and 100s. Yes, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. that is so wonderful. And how do you decide which area to visit? Because there's still different regions to visit. Yes, of course. Um, we, we like to have a variety. So, you know, we can't kind of spend all our time down in the south and we sort of mix it up a bit. And also it depends on the season of, you know, if we say we want a a fava bean um, sauce we've heard about, then we have to wait until April and May to do it. So it's kind of driven by what's available the season. So we're going to be going to um, Trentino Alto Adige in in February, because Canedali are, you know, these kind of dumplings. Mm. Um, And, and they're really only, you can really only eat them in in winter. They're such heavy things. (laughs) But you have to be, you have to ski to to justify eating one of these things, I think. (laughs) <laughs> the ski and pasta diet. That's exactly. <laughs> well, well, I'm curious to see if the same influence is here in the United States, because there are a lot of pasta grannies, I would assume, here in the yes. States. Have they brought mm-hmm. over the same techniques or what have your discoveries been on that side? Yes, um, I'm hoping to discover more about that. Um, uh, so I'm going to be coming over to New York in in um, in January briefly, and to hopefully film a few more grannies then. Um, but I think what happens is that it changes. I think, for example, Capoletti in Faenza, which is in a Romagna um, province in a region in Italy, and they, they use a special cheese to that area. And by the time you go to Bologna, which is like a half an hour drive down the road, the cheese has changed. So mm. by the time you get to New York or New Jersey, 
obviously everything has changed. Right. <laughs> and yeah. although a lot of our non are um, bringing um, ingredients back over from when they visit Italy, inevitably those ingredients change. So I, th- I think also the degree of abundance changes. And America is, has so, you know, it sort of has a feeling of plenty and people can afford to do uh, different things. So that also has an influence. But um, I don't know. I'm still discovering um, what uh, our grannies in America, our Italian-American grannies have to say in America. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, well, we're all looking forward to hearing more <laughs> about that. What a fun adventure. Now, I always like to um, provide the listeners with three great tips uh, so what would you what would your major tips be for the home chef who want who would like to make pasta homemade pasta mm-hmm. in their kitchens? Um, so I would start if you haven't made pasta before, I would go for the semolina flour pastas because that just you just add water and then you can make little things like cavatelli, which just involves. Um, rolling your thumb down a knob of uh, pasta and there you have it you have a lovely little curled pasta which you can serve with tomato sauce and it's quite an easy one to do Um, so start with easy um, recipes Mm -hmm. um, and easy dough Um, and if you're making an egg dough um, what's very important is to always rest the dough um, always a minimum of 30 minutes because that makes it that makes the dough relax and it's easier to roll out and things like that and I think the third thing is to um, stick with the brand that you know different brands behave differently different Mm -hmm. brands of flour Um, so get to know your flour um, and how it behaves in different temperatures and different humidities and different times of year it's it's sort of yeah it's extraordinary how it can change (laughs) Interesting. I never even thought about that. So the temperamental flower. (laughs) And and through your journeys, what have you noticed that are always in the pantries of the pasta grannies? Uh, Well, um, always cheese. Okay. Always cheese. Yes. There's always some kind of cheese. Mm -hmm. There's always um, tomato passata, um, quite often homemade. That's the sort of um, you know, the pulp tomato, um, which is hasn't been cooked. So it's a kind of raw tomato sauce that you've got. I think that's always in the salt, of course. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's important to salt your pasta. Um, hmm. I think those are the sort of three things. And of course, in terms of fresh vegetables, it's, there's always the holy trinity of um, onion and, and celery um, and carrots, you know, they're they're never. I have um, some grandmothers who um, make that mixture. They chop it up or put it through the food processor and then freeze it for in little um, in in little packets so that they have some ready for ah. when they're making they're cooking. Yeah, and speaking that's, a nut, of, that's tip number four. <laughs> yes, this is great getting bonus. And speaking of freezing, can you freeze pasta? Yes, it freezes oh. very well. Yeah, yeah. I would recommend that you freeze it rather than. Well, obviously, with the semolina flour, you can dry it. But with the egg pastas, I would recommend um, you can dry it, but it's easier to freeze it. And then you cook it from frozen. You don't unthaw it. Wow. So how is the pasta in London? Oh, 
very good. It's oh, very good. popular here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> but you know that it's so popular, you see these huge queues um, for the pasta. I've got a pasta restaurant just down the road from me, and there's kind of an hour wait to be served. And I think, you know, by the time I've waited an hour, I can go home make the pasta and eat it for about half the cost. <laughs> and your new book, Pasta Grannies, will give the listeners and readers great recipes for yes. the pasta. <laughs> oh, well, I am just so excited to continue following you on the Pasta Grannies journey. And listeners, I'll make sure I have a link to the YouTube channel and, and of course, the new cookbook, Pasta Grannies. And uh, what is your website? Uh, www.pastagrannies.com. Wonderful. Well, Vicki, thank you so much for being on Kitchen Chat. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Margaret. Oh, and thank you, dear foodie friends, for joining me on this journey. Make sure you continue to follow Kitchen Chat on Facebook, Kitchen Chat, also Instagram, Kitchen Chat, and visit me in my kitchen, kitchenchat.info. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.